Hello and welcome back to I Wish I Was You. My guest today is Flavia Zamo. She is the founder of Everyday Chemist Skin and EC Studios. And this is a very long, winding, rambling conversation that I will even struggle to introduce. But basically, I just got her to tell me all of her secrets about how she's managed to build such a cool brand, creating such unique products and live the best life possible. So without further ado, here is Flavia. Hi, uh, thank you for having me, Elspeth. Did I say Oh my God, we're already fucking this up. It's fine, let's get into it. So tell me a little bit about what you do. Um, okay, great. I was actually thinking about this question this morning and trying to see how I can best answer it. Um, but in short, I'm the co-founder and CEO of a company called Everyday Chemist Studios, which I co-founded with my mother, who's a chemical engineer. And we are a cosmetic research and development studio, and we're also a direct-to-consumer brand. So your brand is, the reason that you're here is because I saw it and I was like, it's literally gorgeous. Like, it's absolutely stunning. And I, I don't often come across brands where I'm like, blown away by it but I definitely like was by yours like it's a real like mix of like obviously the brand is like based in science like you have a background in that which we can go into um but it's also like huge on storytelling which you don't often see in in like d2c brand like in any brands really like that aren't huge like I don't think you see it a lot in in small businesses What's the backstory here? How did we get, how did you get here? Um, first, I'm like, it's so hard to even receive that sort of uh, feedback because I think for me, I look at it and I was like, we can do su such a better job at storytelling, such a better job at branding, such a better job at this, right? Like, I'm always looking at it from a place of like critic, like improving. Like, I re I'm a big believer in incremental change, like every day, like it compounds over time. So I, you know, it, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you see that because um, there's a lot of effort and I definitely think that there's definitely room to grow as well. Um, but I mean, where do you want to start in terms of the story? Do you want to start at the brand? Do you want to start about kind of our background? Where, where do you want to start? Let's hear about your background. Like how did, how did you get to where you are now? Like what are all the things that have led up to this happening here? Because that's definitely going to play into the answer, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I was born and raised in Albania in a small southern city of Albania, uh, 10,000 people, which is tiny, tiny, tiny. Um, and there, my mother, she was a chemical engineer. So I actually spend most of my days after school in a laboratory. So that's kind of where everyday chemists, um, I guess, like the original inspiration for the brand started was just being around uh, science and all these lovely ladies mixing potions up, which felt like magic to me at the time. Um, and they would always buy me ice cream so that <laughs> you know, can't, can't ask for more as a child. And um, I spent a lot of time there. I was there till I was 10. Um, there wasn't much to do in Albania at that time, especially because it was right after communism had just fallen and uh, the economy was quite tough. Um, so, you know, we climbed olive trees and chased after police cars. That's kind of, I was a tomboy most of my childhood. 
And then we moved to Canada when I was 10, which was a transition to say the least. <laughs> um, I'm an only child, so I had to spend a lot of, like I went from like growing up with my entire family in the same block to having to grow up by myself in a building. And that was a little bit difficult at first, I would say, but you know, it was, um, I call it the hood, but it was just an immigrant neighborhood where a lot of people struggled, and but it was such a transformative time in my life, I think. And it really taught me how to be independent and continue to be curious. Um, and I think that really, I guess, has like taken me in my life, like that, that ability to like want to protect myself and want to like take care of myself, having to be alone. My parents worked in factories. We had a lot of debt when we moved here, so I had to be alone and really protect myself. And then I, my parents moved me into a really posh neighborhood where I obviously didn't fit in, uh, but it really taught me that big wealth is accessible or like achievable kind of, you know, delusionably so. Uh, but I learned that rich people are just like poor people. They're just people. So I was like, if they can do it, then I can do it. So I'm going to figure this out. And I just like thought I was going to just always be this like successful person just in my head. I just thought it was achievable. And that's kind of like led me through my life was this like kind of delusional idea of like, I'm an, like, I'm meant to do great things. Uh, obviously with like a lot of imposter syndrome in there and a lot of you know, having to work through it uh, every day. And then I got my first job when I was 15 years old, 14, 15 years old. And I've had a job since then. I've had a job since I was 15, multiple jobs in university. I had three jobs in university while I went to school and then ended up working for Soho House and then kind of similar to your history, went and built and worked for a co-working space. Um, after the owners poached me from the receptionist position at Soho House. And there I learned how to build a business. And then I went to work for WeWork and WeWork crashed. And then I had to figure out a new way to kind of go forward. And I was over creating spaces. It took a lot of energy out of me. I love it. And I think I'll go back to it at one point. Um, but skincare was always something in the back of my head, especially since my mother started working in cosmetics when we moved to, like right after we moved to Canada. And that, and struggling with my skin kind of allowed me to really like deep dive into just kind of skincare in general. Um, but that's pretty much kind of how we got here. I know you mentioned briefly about science. I just kind of want to say that both my parents are engineers and I was very good at science growing up, but I wanted to be nothing like my parents. So I decided to go to school to be to go to be a lawyer and all of these other things, and that didn't work out for me. But science was always, I think, what I was best at. And then, but like I ignored it because I just didn't want to be like my parents. I don't know, stubborn kid. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of our story. I hope I we can deep dive into any of those chapters, but like that's kind of how I got here. A few things that I want to go down. The first one is, um, you mentioned this feeling of like always feeling like you just wanted to be successful. Like you moved into this slightly like richer neighborhood and you were like, oh, okay, maybe this is possible. Do you feel like you've like got there? Like, do you ever like get to a point where you are like, oh, I've done it? Like, cause I feel oh, like oh. so many people think that. And I'm like, when do you get to the point where you're like, okay, <laughs> 
I'm here. Oh no, like I'm I'm com- I'm poor. Like I'm still very poor. <laughs> I um I think I'm rich at heart, and like I always tell my friends this. Like, <laughs> I, like I'm rich. Like I am rich at heart, but very much poor, like externally. Uh, but I don't think I think rich is a feeling. You know what I mean? Like I, like what I realized growing like being around these wealthy wealthier people is that like money can't buy you style it can't buy you an experience it can buy money is a vehicle to get from point a to point b but if you don't know where point b is or if you have a like lame i don't know not i'm not trying to judge but you know what i mean like if you don't know where you're going even money can't take you there right like the vision precedes the money i think and i feel like i have like I'm rich. <laughs> That's so funny. I literally feel the exact same way. Like <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I don't know. I've always kind you of go shopping and you're like I like I deserve all of this stuff. Literally, and then you don't buy anything because you. Yeah, don't buy anything. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's a, it's weirdly like a mindset in a way. Something that I want to go into. You studied law. I didn't. I actually went to school for, so Canada is different than the London, where you don't go directly to law school. You do like an undergrad and then you have to do law school. So I went for, I did a double major in criminology and sociology. And then when I was in university, I started working at Soho House. So that kind of just like derailed my entire life. Soho House. <laughs> like, how did that feel? Like, did that not like give you like the weirdest, like, feeling and because you've obviously gone to school to study this thing and then you end up just not using it at all honestly like I I've never been a kind of person that plans for life which as we were talking about earlier we like to be in the flow um so for me I just I've never planned to do anything like I think this is the most I've ever planned in my life is building everyday chemists and having to plan because who else is going to do it if I don't but I always just kind of let life happen to me rather than go and get life, which is, I don't know. Again, it's like that delusional belief that everything's going to be fine. But like, you know, I really do want to stress, like I, I'm not this person that like walks around with a North Star that like everything happens and it, like everything is like flowers and candy, right? Like there's a lot of darkness in the process. However, I've, things have just shown up in my life rather than I've gone to go after them. Soho was something that just showed up at the time. And then when I finished university, I went back home for a couple months to Albania. I spent maybe a couple, like four months there. And I came back and I met, well, I didn't meet. I reconnected with some members from Soho and I went to sell furniture for them, which is was like super random, like kind of, but I was like, I'll just take the job because I need a job and I don't know what I want to do next. And then I ended up building the co-working space with them. So like I... It none of that was planned, you know, like no one would have thought that I would have ended up working and co-working for a decade, which seems crazy, you know, like that wasn't even a that wasn't even an idea when I was 20 years old, like co-working wasn't a thing, you know, so it just happened, I think. And when you're kind of going through those motions, like when things are happening and things are falling into place, did you have like this nagging feeling that like it wasn't the thing that you were going to be doing forever or did you feel like you like things should be happening differently or like were you quite happy with the plan going as it is because I feel very similar right like I do let things sort of fall into place for themselves and I, I do trust in the process of like you know things will happen I just trust that things are going to happen like I, don't yeah. really, I actually don't know how to yeah. say it like I just know that different things are going to happen 
but it doesn't stop me from having this feeling of like but when and like what if it doesn't and is this the right thing that I'm doing now like just because I do feel like something's going to happen in the future like do I need to do like I don't know I constantly feel like am I doing the right thing yeah I mean in my 20s not so much I think building the space that I built uh was called East Room and I had a lot of a lot of my identity was tied to that space. Uh, we did some awesome things and I, it was really exciting to be a part of that project. Uh, going to WeWork, I think that was really difficult for me, even though I was making a lot more money, it felt like ugh, my ego was like, you know, I felt like such a loser. Uh, <laughs> Cause like, you know, I had gone from being independent and building something to like working for someone not and I was still working for someone in the other space, but I had a lot more autonomy. So being a WeWork, that was like, I am never going to do a nine to five again. I feel like this is prison. I can't make decisions the way that I want to make them. I, I, it felt like prison. It felt like, and I would get on the subway every morning and it would be packed with people. And I'd be like, oh my God, we're slaves. Like, and not actually, like, you know, I'm not using, I'm using that term very loosely, obviously, but you know, like every day we all get up and we go to work and we work and we come home and we sleep and then we do it again to pay for our apartments and pay for our food. Like it felt like I, I, you know, I would go to my therapist and just cry and be like, I hate this. Like, I can't believe I'm doing this nine to five. It feels so not like me. You know what I mean? It feels, and like, I'm not, like, I'm genuinely not trying to, like place judgment on that lifestyle. A lot of, you know, a lot of people find a lot of joy in, in that lifestyle. It just wasn't for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, really relate to that. I'm literally exactly <laughs> the same, exactly the same thing. Like when I had a, the last job that I was in, that I was doing nine to five, like I was literally just like, what, like, how is this? Like, how am I going to I... do this for the next 40, 50 years? Like, how is that meant to happen? Like, I just don't get it. Like, that can't be what life is. That just can't be what life is about. Exactly... And I tell that to some people and they're like, I'm totally fine with that. Like, I'm totally chill with this lifestyle. Like, it doesn't bother me at all. And I'm like, I'm just jealous, actually, to be honest. Like, I kind of wish. Yeah, I me too, Because I'm here now, like... <laughs> totally trying to figure it out like and we need both kinds of people right like we need people who want to do the nine to five and then we need people who don't want to and both have space and we need every you know what i mean we need everybody who to to like want different things because if we wanted all the same thing the world wouldn't work as well like it needs to be balanced you know yeah so you talked about like building spaces that's what you did for like quite a big portion of time do you think that kind of fed into how you run your business now and also how you kind of do the storytelling because right building a space is very much about like it's it's similar in a way because you're trying to like make people feel a certain way and like build an environment for certain things to happen in certain spaces and it's kind of the same when it comes to branding like you're trying to portray a certain thing in a certain way in order for a person to feel a certain thing don't know if I'm doing a tenuous link there. No, I, I totally I totally understand where you're going. I think, like, before I jump into that, I kind of want to just, like, describe Everyday Chemist Studios, like, mm. in a little bit more detail because I feel it's a bit confusing at first. So we've got EC Studios, which is our research and development side of the business, and then we got Everyday Chemist, which is the product side of the business. Um, f- with EC Studios, what we do is work with other brands, 
or new founders or like hotels, like any sort of um, company that's looking to get into the personal care, home care, cosmetic care uh, business. And with them, what we do is we develop products, we uh, help them formulate their products, um, and then we help them small batch manufacture um, if, if that's something that they need. And that side of the business, I feel like the co-working, like touring people and like getting to meet all kinds of people and talking about their stories and their visions and stuff, that really helped. I'm much more of a one-on-one -on -one kind of person. Um, and then with Everyday Chemist, which is the direct-to-consumer brand, I feel like, that's why I was saying, like I feel like the storytelling isn't quite there yet because I don't know how to storytell in a digital platform. Like I know how to storytell in a space one-on-one -on -one with a person in real life. And I come from a generation that we didn't have computers growing up. Like I'm old. So I like, this is not, it's not, I'm not native, right? Like I'm not digitally native. And for a really long time, I was kind of, I rejected technology. I don't know why, but I really did reject it. And now I'm like completely fascinated by it. And I was like up at 6 a.m. this morning looking at random stuff in AI. But like in the beginning, I just rejected it. So I'm not very good at technology in general. I'm quite bad at it. So anyway, it's some it's a skill set I'm learning. But yeah, I think like storytelling digitally, I can we can get better at. But one-on-one -on -one with EC Studios and our clients, I think it's what has led EC Studios to, you know, to be growing because it has grown quite a bit in the last little bit. It has been this ability, I guess, my ability to really connect with the founders and see their vision and be able to support them uh, through building not just the product, but their brand and their like life's work, you know, like it seems like, yeah, you're just putting together a formula, but you're really working with founders that have invested all of their money for the first time. A lot of the, well, all of the founder we've worked with so far have been women and they like have another job they are working you know they're hustling every aspect of their lives so they can make this thing happen so you you really want to you know i'm not just creating a product and selling it to them like i want them to succeed because i see how much effort they put in it and that i think to be honest um i don't know if this is going to sound unhumbling but like i believe that my mission in life is to see people i think i'm very good at being able to just see people beyond i guess like how much money they have what do they do like where do they live blah 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 like the best compliment I've ever received is my friend said that I treat the homeless person like I treat the billionaire. And I, I'm like, that's great to me. <laughs> Makes me feel like I'm a good person and it shows, you know? Um, but yeah, like, I think that's long. Did, did I answer your question? Did I just arrive? Yeah. But what I yeah. found really interesting about what you just said is um, you were like, oh, I hope I don't sound too like not humble saying what you're good at. Like, I think it's actually a really good skill to know what you're good at, right? Like, yeah. and I think a lot of people, like you, like, you just naturally don't want to, like, talk about it, right? Because it's seen as wrong, in a way, to say that you're good at something. But at the end of the day, everyone is good at something. Like, everyone has something that they are good at. Have you always known, like, your strengths or has it been something that you have had to figure out? Um, I, again, this another non-humbling comment, but I've been very good all of my life in terms of 
school and academics, I've always been an A plus student and I never tried, which sounds awful, but it came so naturally to me. I mean, go to school in Albania for three years and then like, you know, you, you just kind of get it. My, my mom was very hard on me growing up and she really taught me how to learn. So I really learned how to learn and learn quick and be able to like iterate the, like spit out the information in exams. And I also have kind of like a photographic memory where I'd be like in an exam and be like, okay, textbook, page this, like go like and read in my head, whatever I'd read. Um, so that always really helped, but then everyday chemists happen and it's like the first thing that I haven't been like very good at, you know, like, and obviously there's a lot of things that impact impacted, but this is the first time in my life. I'm really seeing a lot of my strengths come to light and a lot of my weaknesses come to light equally. So, and I think it's really important to know what you're bad at. And obviously you can always get better at what you're bad at, but it's hire the people that are better at you than that thing that you're bad at, because they're always going to be better than somebody who's just a beginner. You can learn and you can, you know, obviously with time, uh, get better, but with certain things, like I think through a lot of therapy and a lot of growth, I'm able to accept what I'm good at now. Right. For a long time, I just because I just never had to think about it because I just went through life and everything just kind of, it happened. Um, now I realize like, okay, yeah, this is kind of what, what I am really good at and this is what I need to double down on and this is why I need to plan my day the way that I need to plan it because these are my strengths and this is where I need to put my focus on. Um, but I think my biggest strength is genuinely like being able to see people being curious and being open to change um, and then I have a lot of weaknesses and a lot of toxic traits that I'm working on. I'm very bad in love. Like it's just something I've never been able to figure out. Uh, I don't know why. It's <laughs> just like uh, school, no problem, A plus, and then love. And I'm like F every time. So like that's a really bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, school and love, you're allowed to be, you're allowed to have differing levels on those things. They're very different. <laughs> uh, yeah I mean lately I've been kind of thinking that maybe I was always bad at it because I was meant to like live a little bit by myself and really grow in this like pressure cooker so I can be in this stage of my life <laughs> be in this stage of my life where I can achieve the things I want to achieve I feel like if I had fallen in love and like had like I definitely want to be a mom at some point but like if I'd had kids and done that, like I don't think I would have been able to accomplish all of the things that I wanted to. I mean, that I want to, not that I have. And like, again, like you can be a mom and do all those things, but I wanna be the best mom. I, I wanna deal with my trauma. I wanna like have the money to pay for like the food they want, everything, you know, not everything, obviously, but you know what I mean? Like within yeah. reason, everything that the child wants. So I want to be a good mom. I want to be in a place where I'm ready to like raise a child rather than just like, you know, be a 20 year old. I, no, again, no judgment to the 20 year olds, but I just, I would, I'm not ready. You know what I mean? And I think the love, not being ready for love has kind of allowed me to like grow as a person and grow professionally and grow and just like, yeah, grow alone. And I, I'm looking forward to growing with a partner. That's for sure. Mm. I hope. I think that's actually really topical. I feel like it's something that's like being talked about so much at the moment, especially over the last few years. Like, can you 
either be like can you be in a serious relationship and like accomplish everything in your own life at the same time and it seems like some people are just fine with this and they can do it and like they get into a relationship when they're like 19 20 and then they go off and do everything they planned on and it's just like wow you've really got it all <laughs> like i don't know how you've done that and then there's other people probably more like you and me who just like i don't see how that's possible like i simply do not see how i could do that <laughs> like I, I think that my dream is to build with a partner you know what i mean like i really love working with mm, I like working with different sorts of people and I think I would like working with my partner to like build something like a company or something of some sort of idea. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to, like, I like working in partnerships with people. So to me, being in a relationship with someone might be like a partnership and a a potential to like build something, whether that's like a really great collection of bed sheets and nice towels or like, you know, a business, I feel like it, to me, it would feel more like a collaboration of a sort, but I, I don't know, because I, as I said, I'm awful at it. So I wouldn't, I don't know how to, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I'm really not the right person to ask either. So, um, the other thing, something that I guess. Something that I think you are really good at is seeing, like, things slightly differently, right? And I've got this from looking at your brand and and looking at your products. And you seem to kind of do products that aren't, nothing is overtly, hugely groundbreaking when you first look at it. You know, it's skincare products and nothing looks crazy crazy different but then when you actually look into the products they do they are slightly set apart from other things like on the market at the moment especially the new thing that you're coming out with i'm not this sounds like i'm like being paid to talk about your new product i'm (laughs) not i just like it Um, (laughs) like i haven't even tried it obviously but um but um the silky water like I haven't seen anything like this and I haven't ever heard a product be described like it either. Like the way that it was announced on your Instagram was in like a carousel of images that were stunning. And then there was a really long like piece of text attached to this in the caption talking about like basically the story of you growing up. And that's kind of how you introduced this product. And I was literally blown away by this because this is how I want, this is the like amount of love and care that I want to go into everything. Like, I think more products should be like thought about in this way and, you know, really, really deeply considered. And I think it's rare for things to come out like that. I I want to break that. that down and I want to see how we, how you've got to that part because we've talked about you know, the various jobs you've been through, but it's still not adding up to me how we've got here. Like, do you think that's something innately in you or has it been learned? Um, I mean, if you really want to, like how we actually got here, here, like I know this question is like multi-layered and we'll, we'll go through yeah, it, sorry. but <laughs> I have acne all my, I've had acne all my life. When we moved to Canada, I got eczema, 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 I don't know, one, one or the other. Um, and then I had rosacea for a bit, which went away, but I think it was more like a reaction to stress that I was having. Um, I went on ADHD medication when I was 20 and got really, really bad acne. 
And that actually led me on Accutane. And then I only did a certain portion of Accutane. So when I got off of Accutane after being in this like awful skin peeling experience, which is where lip grease came from. Um, and it's like our cult product because my lips were peeling and there was nothing in the market I could find that would help. And my mother made this for me and I would just hand it out to people in like these little like plastic jars and just give it to them. And everyone was like, can I buy it? And I just, you know, it was just something that I gave out of love rather than ever thought that I was going to monetize on it. But although at the back of my head, I always wanted to do something with my mom. I've al I had always been creating products with her because I couldn't afford the really nice products or I would go and buy like a La Mer cream and I'd bring it home and my mom would laugh at me and be like, this is just Nivea. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I don't, what do you mean? Like, just read the ingredients, you know? And I was like, I, I did kind of, I didn't obviously, but, um, <laughs> and so I, yeah, I read, I read the price tag <laughs> and um, and that's kind of how it started was like with the lip grease, my mom made me this and I was just handed it out to my friends and my friends were asking for it. And then when COVID hit, I was like, okay, I, I had a choice to either stay at WeWork or leave and take a little bit of money. And I was like, I'm going to take the money because I don't want to be begging people for, to pay for their co-working spaces that they no longer are in because of COVID. So it was just like, it didn't really align with my values, although I understand it's a business and that's how you have to handle it. I just didn't, I just didn't feel like chasing people for money anymore. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do? So COVID hit. And I, to be honest, I did nothing for two months. I just, I literally just like laid in bed because it was the first time in 15 years that I'd been able not to have to wake up at 8 a.m. And that was amazing. And then I just kind of got to work and I did a bunch of courses online at this amazing, amazing platform called Acumen Academy. And I tell this to everyone that wants to speak to me is please take courses on that platform. It's an amazing uh, resource and it's free. Um, I can go into more details, but it's you know not necessary. Um, and then uh, I was building Everyday Chemist and at first I was like, okay, I'll just do the lip grease and like this is something people want and blah, blah, blah. But then in the process, what I realized is that there was a lot of other brands that wanted specialized product development, kind of like what we were doing for ourselves, but not a, not a lot of resources out there or the resources that were out there were a bit outdated, right? Like if you go to a traditional manufacturing company where you get your product formulated and ideated and manufactured, um, they're just, you're not dealing with someone that's like your target audience, or you're not dealing with a brand founder. You're dealing with, you know, a project manager, which is a great, it's still amazing. However, being able to have a brand as well as understand, you know what I mean? Like having both has been a complete asset, I think in moving forward. And in both of them, the product development's the North Star, right? Like from both sides of the business, the thing that combines both of them is the product development. And that is the North Star. And I don't even think we've hit our potential yet, right? Like in the beginning, we created the serums and they're amazing. As you said, like if you really look deep, like we, we use some amazing ingredients from the best uh, suppliers in the world. And we really do a deep dive in terms of the entire aspect of the ingredients. So it's like from where it's sourced to how it's being disposed and what happens when it gets disposed and where is it being sourced and is it being over hard? Like the whole, we use systems thinking to kind of approach our product development. Um, but I don't even think like we've really hit our peak yet because I think the more I'm in the industry and the more I see what the white spaces are, the more I see a lot of innovation that is bound to happen. And you know, this is my first two years, like a year and a half, two years in the business. 
um, I've learned a lot. So I'm like really excited to continue to like apply these to myself and my um, the, the brands that I work with. Um, obviously, my mom, from a perspective, from a scientific perspective, is able to bring in that knowledge. However, I think what the cosmetic industry and just manufacturing industry need, they need like a true revolution. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like they need, I don't know. I don't That sounds, that sounds so vague, but like, I don't know. Yeah. Like I think product, there's just so much room for efficiencies and just so much room for innovation that I'm really excited to like, see how we can contribute to it. Um, and then with silky water, it's a half oil, half water, uh, product that we actually, uh, pitched to a potential client of ours. And, um, it was a, honestly, like it was $500 that this like job was. And at the time I was just like giving everybody my ideas because I just wanted the 500 bucks, which was not a lot at all. Like for an idea, how I, how genius I think Silky is. Um, and they didn't end up moving forward with the formula. I, I think they had just like, I, I don't actually know what happened. Um, they just never reached back out to us when we offered a final time for them to buy the formula. Um, but the formula was, you know, it was, we made it in the summer of 2021 for the client. Like we ideated it for the client at the time. And then I brought it home to Albania and just like seeing it by the sea really like brought it home for me. And it was like, this is like, this is my whole childhood, like in a bottle, you know? And it's those elements of water and sand and sky. And it's just like where the sky meets uh, the sea and the sea meets the land and it's like that combination of different elements and that beautiful flow of colors and the waves that crash and move and change um i i'm so like that's kind of like where i think everyday chemist is gonna go is like towards more of really looking at the elements and the building blocks of life and creating products based on that you know like really and everyday chemist just like just some context on the name is supposed to represent the, the everyday person, me and my mother, the chemist, right? But what it really, the mission behind the name is that we're to make people realize that we're actually all scientists. Every day, like every decision we make, the people we hang out with, the things that we put, we eat, the things that we put on our face, our bodies, whatever, you know what I mean? Um, it's, it's, you're performing science. Like, and, and we are all, and like people are like, I'm so scared of chemicals. It's like, you are a chemical. <laughs> you know, it's just like, Sounds so dumb, but like you are. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I I, I, I kind of just went all over the place. I don't know if I answered any of your questions. No, you know, you totally did. The other thing that I'm, I'm like interested in is when you make a new product, um, mm. the Everyday Chemist, do you make it, is it something that you want yourself or do you look out at what other you think other people want? Or is it a bit of both? I'm always really interested in this when it comes to like startup founders um, who either usually are trying to make something new because it's missing. But do you yeah. make things that are missing from like your life or do you see things that are missing? And even though you might not use it, like, do you still make it? Um, I think the better answer would be like, we're like looking at the white spaces and building a product line that to fit those white spaces. But I think that would be kind of a lie. I mean, like Silky Water is an amazing product. It's supposed to mimic um, the idea of like getting out of the shower and having your skin already be wet and the oil absorb like directly into the skin. And 
honestly, the reason why it doesn't exist in the market is going to be the first body product that is formulated in this sense is because it's really hard to formulate. Like it's hard to bring and emul like emulsify the water and oil together and then watch it rise and fall apart. Like you have to be really specific about the ingredients that you use inside, even like the specific gravity of the different oils and it it's a complicated process. Um, so I with Silky, like, uh, you know, I, I told you the story, but I think with Silky, it's like more of like an art piece. And I think that's how I want to picture product development with Everyday Chemist um, is more like an art piece rather than a f art piece that's functional, like art, functional art, maybe, you know what I mean? Uh, because EC Studios is really where most of our business comes from. And there we actually are creating a lot of products that are missing in the market and that's like the best part of it is being able to do that research with founders that see that there's something really um really obviously missing in the market and it's it's interesting because different founders have a different way of approaching the same problem right? and i think that's been the most amazing aspect of it and a lot of the work we've done is actually working on products for uh, with darker skin types and that has been very challenging because ingredients do not have research uh, on darker skin. So it, it's been very difficult to try to, you know, have those conversations with our suppliers and really push back on their research and really try to, you know, be the, f I mean, we're not the first, but it's just, it's not happening. So somebody has to continue to have these conversations with the suppliers. Um, but that's, that's a huge white space right now, right? Like that's a huge mm -hmm. market that we see the founders we're working well on trying to fill the need there for like really great products, right? Like not just second thought products. Um, and with, with Everyday Chemist, uh, we have the luxury of maybe like scaling back a bit and like really looking and seeing, hey, like what are we gonna do with this brand? Like how can we really be iconic? Cause that's what I want Everyday Chemist to be is iconic. And that sounds like such a high achievement to like maybe reach. And as I say to everyone, it's like even if Everyday Chemist and Institute Studios does not work, I've learned so much in the process. I'm so great. Like I've been saying I was going to build something for years. I finally did it. And even if it fails, I learned so much. I'm a better employer. I'm a better employee. I'm a better person. Like I'm so much better for it rather than before. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't... You know what I mean? Like, it, I don't know. I forgot. But like, yeah, I, I, we have the we have the, uh, the the privilege with Everyday Chemists to really think about how can we build a product line that is truly unique, you know, because as soon as you do see it, it does seem like everything else in the market. So how do we build something that is stands the test of time like that to me? having something that is classic and like kind of passed on from generation to generation is a really noble concept that I'd like to achieve. But how do we do it in a way that's like innovative and fresh and kind of like cool, you know? Yeah, what, what I see in Everyday Chemist is like what you were saying earlier about how you feel like you are rich. <laughs> and I don't know how I've made this connection but I just see it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like everyday chemist feels like super luxury and super like whatever. Like it feels very, it does feel very timeless and it feels very classic and it feels very ex like whatever. And it feels like a very, very, very refined and like sophisticated brand. And I think oh, it's I interesting that that's kind of 
what you were saying earlier about like i don't know like you just can make these things like you just can do the, these things and make it happen like i don't i don't yeah. really know very little i think like i think you know what it comes to it's being resourceful like i think that's what it is and i think that's my greatest skill set actually i am very resourceful like i'm very good at finding things that i need you know and that's the only, I don't, as I said, we already spoke about, I'm poor. I don't have money. I built this business with nothing. We're completely bootstrapped. Um, we put no money in marketing, like literally 3% of our revenue this year went in marketing. So it's been kind of just, you know, being resourceful and trying to, you know, build a community more than anything. And obviously next year, we're going to have to approach it from a marketing perspective rather than just kind of like seeing the trials and errors. But what it is really is like, being resort, like I bought the shirt for $10, right? And I've worn this for the last 10 years of my life and it's a great shirt, I love this shirt. But this shirt is actually $100, right? Like, so it's like the same kind of idea when it comes to th this idea of being rich. Like you can be rich without having to necessarily subscribe to that lifestyle. And I think with Everyday Chemist, what I do wanna do in the future is bring the cost down and provide accessible luxury, even though like w the, the quality of the products we were, we're creating is at the price point that we're we're selling it at however growing up i used to go to my friends house my wealthy friends mom's places and i would open the cabinet and look at all their stuff and smell yeah. all their perfumes and like touch all their, <laughs> their products right like and i'd be like oh, one day you know me one day <laughs> like so i want that to be somebody i want somebody to like open the thing and be like oh, everyday chemist like yes like i can yeah. have this you know i can like and I, I'm struggling with the idea of like, you know, like I, how to create something that's accessible luxury, you know, and like I'm learning. I've never sold a product before. So I have to be very clear on that aspect is I've never sold a product. I've always sold services or sold some, you know what I mean? But never a product. Yeah. So yeah. with Everyday Chemist, I'm really learning on how to, you know, how to communicate the the feeling but i'm glad that you see it i'm glad that like it it resonates with like the rest of my being <laughs> yeah it, like it really really does and i think that thing of being like highly resourceful i relate to that a lot as well and i wonder if maybe that's like a that's that comes from growing up in a small town like where i'm from is sounds very similar like it's like twelve thousand people really? on an island like <laughs> with nothing yeah, yeah, like no supermarket when I was growing up like it's not the worst place in the world to live. Like, it was very safe it was very lovely but like it's not you know it's not like but it but it doesn't feel hard at the time like I didn't have a hard didn't didn't feel hard but like it kind of gives you this ability to like make the most of literally everything you own like because those are the yeah. things that you have do you know what I mean and you don't know that there's other at the time I didn't know there was like other things out there even to like have so I was exactly. like really chill with what I had like <laughs> yeah. yeah and I feel the same now like I often think about this like I have quite a few like designer pieces in my wardrobe but I've never spent more than like at the very most I've never spent more than like a couple of hundred pounds on anything like anything mm -hmm. ever like and any of the designer things I own I've never spent more than 50 pounds on like <laughs> you know like the, it's being resourceful and it's just finding ways of like getting the things that you want and that you see at, like 
but making it accessible and like making it possible and I feel like that is a that's a mindset and I don't know I don't know how it happens but I when I meet someone with that mindset I'm just like yes you get it <laughs> yeah I mean it happens because you don't like you kind of have to be creative right you just yeah. have to like it's the circumstances of your life like in Albania when I went to school it was right after the civil war so like literally the school was completely destroyed we didn't even have windows this sounds like really crazy and at the time it didn't seem hard at all I was like this is great like I love it <laughs> and uh, we played with rocks like rocks were tomatoes they were babies they were I don't know like purses <laughs> like we like <laughs> rocks were everything so we just played with rocks and I really love rocks and I actually like I'm so like the older I get the more I realize rocks are the coolest thing ever like I ever. love I literally am obsessed with rocks. I don't know right? why I'm person, but I literally... Why does nobody talk people. about rocks? We should talk about rocks more. <laughs> um, we won't true. talk about that now because literally no one will get it. I know, yeah. I mean, there's some people that do, you know? I was just in New York and I went to the Natural History Museum, which is fantastic. If you're ever in New York, please like check it out. It's my favorite museum in New York. And um, I went and I like just went to the rock, uh, the mineral exhibit. That's, I think it's a permanent exhibit there. And my entire camera roll is just rocks. <laughs> like, and like I would go to bars and like go through it, like literally <laughs> on dates, I'd like my whole collection. <laughs> like That's maybe so this funny. is why you're single. <laughs> I do that too, so. <laughs> like genuinely. Um, but yeah, no, I totally get it. And I'm not, I'm also not trying to make this sound like a sob story or anything. Like I definitely didn't grow up like in hard times, like definitely had no like big struggles growing up or anything. It's just like, yeah. just the circumstance of like being born in a city versus being born like in a very, very far removed like place. I don't know. It's, it's just huge. Um, it's a different reality. Me and my friend, she's Greek, and we were laughing because there was this meme I sent her about um, my parents moved from a village in Greece to give me a better life, and all I want is to go back and live in a village in Greece. <laughs> and it's like this, like, you'll never have what you really want, and me having had both, I'm like, I actually just want to go live in Italy. <laughs> like, it's like not either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just want something else. So, yeah, I think it's, you never really it, it does teach you different skill sets so like living in a small community you really build really like close connections with people because these are the people that are around you 24 7 they know you so well they watch you grow up you're a child of the community you're not just a child of your family right when you're growing up in a city you're alone like it's a different sort of and i that this is why i don't i really don't think i mean this is like common sense but like we were never really able we weren't supposed to be raising children on our own or like without the mm. community around us. Children are raised by the, you know, everybody, like the grandmas and the grandpas and the neighbors and everybody, the aunts. And but we like in a in a big city, we really don't have access to that sort of support system. And again, that's another reason why I'm like, you know, if I do want to have children, where do I need to be? And that's like a big part where I want to be in Italy because I've got some of my closest family there. So like to me, I want to. I want to be there you know what I mean but who mm. knows maybe I'll go there and like be like I hate this let's go somewhere else yeah totally and I feel like the main takeaway from that is just the grass is always greener like mm -hmm. there's 
there's always advantages and disadvantages to literally every situation that you can possibly ever be in, especially growing up. And it's so easy to be like, oh, I, like for me, it's so easy to be like, oh, I wish I was born in London because then I would have had like all of these opportunities and like my school probably would have been better and like whatever. But it's just not the case. Like if I had grown up in London, then all of these different things would have like, and there's just, I would just not be even remotely the same. Like I'd just be a totally different person. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I was just going to say like, that's a lesson to take with your everyday life. Like for a while I was growing up and I was hating Toronto because I grew like, I was in the streets for a long time and like not streets, like, you know, like, a kid like but I was roaming I'm a child in Toronto like I am roaming I grew up in a very fertile fertile time in Toronto as a like a city and a culture like there was a lot of art happening a lot of like the foundations of who Toronto like what Toronto is as a city was happening right in front of my eyes and I was in the streets like I was a kid and I was just having it like how and like that was like what a blessing you know what I mean like what a blessing and that, I think that's, like, the thing that I carry the most and that, like, hurts me the most is I feel like I grew up with such amazing people around me and they went to achieve such great things. And I always feel like I'm, like, I'm still here. I'm left behind. Like, mm. I wasn't good enough to, like, be on their level. And that's, like, the thing that hurts me the most, you know? Um, but at the same time, it's like, yes, I can wake up every morning and think I'm a loser and go outside and hate the city. And that's not going to change the way that the day is. It's going to be a shitty day if you look at it like that. So I've been like waking up and be like, how beautiful. Look, it's a clean city and everybody's multicultural. And look at all these languages and like really trying to be grateful and be like, look at me. I get the chance of being a better person and then becoming successful in the future rather than being successful in my 20s when I wasn't the greatest person ever. Right. Like I had a lot of shit I hadn't dealt with and I would have fucked it up for sure. Like, for sure, for sure, you know? So, like, timing is, I don't know. Like, I think that's kind of where I am right now with Everyday Chemist and EC Studios is just taking it day by day and really trying to, like, wake up every day and try again, you know? Like, if yesterday was shit, today is not going to be shit. Today, we're going to try again today with a new mindset. And looking too far gives me anxiety, but sometimes you have to because you are obviously creating forecasts and you know, having conversations with investors that like they need you to have this information. But at the same time, it's like taking it day by day really allows me to make the most of today without mm. having the fear of tomorrow uh, in my shoulders or having the the weight of my wasted potential in my back. You know what I mean? I'm like, today, I, this is the potential I have for today. I can feel this potential. Maybe I didn't feel it in the past, but I can feel my potential of today, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I really like that. And I feel like that's something I really, really resonate with. It's something that I think about all the time. Like I'm constantly comparing myself to people that have done like things younger than me and like things, doing things that I like haven't got to yet. Like I'm just not there yet. And then I'm just like, just stop. Like, what's the point? Like the more time, the more time you spend thinking about what you could have done, the less time you're spending actually doing things. So like- It's so just, inefficient. Yeah. It's so inefficient. Like it's such a bad- and like somebody should t teach us that, you know, like as we're, when we're younger, because I think we spend a lot of time in negative self-talk. And I think it's like somebody just has to be like, it's so inefficient. Like you think you're bad, just be better. And like, wow, like changes the whole life. You know what I mean? Because we spend so much time just being like, we're bad, we're bad, we're bad. Like thinking there's something fundamentally wrong with us. 
And there is, we've got trauma. We've never been taught how to love. We've never been taught how to live. We've never, you know, our parents taught us with their own biases, with their own generational trauma. So it's like, we don't know, you know what I mean? Like we're all just like broken little things that are trying to make it happen in this world. And I wish somebody was just like, you can be better. And like better is, it takes a long time. And it's like, it also like, you can be better with also feeling like, okay, this, I am enough accepting where you're at. Right. Like without, like, because when you're thinking of like, you can be better, you can also come from a place of deficit where like you don't have enough, but like standing on the ground of today is okay. I have what I need and I'm okay with where I am. However, I can always be better. And like, that's the best part of life is learning a little bit more every day. Right. Like that's, that's the magic, you know, for me at least. So I think there's a lesson in like, just like it kind of disarms us as people like where you like instead of thinking that you're like this fixed identity that's always going to feel the way you feel it's like actually I can work on feeling a little bit different I can work on being a bit different and you can grow you know like and I mean I'm not necessarily where I want to be in my life or personally or professionally but I've grown a lot and like I'm telling like you can be not the greatest ever and then grow to be more of yourself because I do think that we just become more of ourselves rather than different you know what I mean we become Mm. ourselves so yeah I agree with that anyway let's wrap it up because we've been literally banging on for ages (laughs) and I don't know if any of this has made sense (laughs) I always end with the same two questions the first one is my favorite question to ask people is who do you look at and think god I wish I was you uh (laughs) controversial answer but elon musk honestly we've had that like, before we've had that before but we talk- free twitter have you yeah oh, honest i uh, like my gen z employees hate me like i have such controversy and i won't go into all my opinions because i think i'll be cancelled by the end of this conversation you could tell but me elon musk because I- i'm so interested yeah in i'll We'll talk, we'll talk some, I just don't believe in cancel culture. You know, I just don't, I believe in, like, I believe that the power of of honest conversation is change. You know what I mean? Like we can only get change through honest conversations and through disagreeing. There's like, I heard something. If you have two co-founders and you agree on everything, one of you is not needed. And that's kind of like life, you know? Like, if we agree on everything, like, things are not needed. And at the same time, there needs to be some things that we all agree on as a society before we lose our mind. So just, like, society is going through a really weird thing right now. But Elon Musk, like, this morning when I was saying, like, the tech stuff, it's like I was looking at a company he invested in called OpenAI, and they just created this crazy chat box that, like, is going to replace Google for sure. And I was just, like, looking through all of their tech stack and, like, all of the different features they have. And I'm like, wow. Like, man, like, he is literally at the forefront of everything you know what I mean like the work he does is just on such a high quality like everything he touches is at a high quality and like people are like he bought Tesla he did this he bought with Twitter yeah okay you can buy something but it doesn't mean that you can turn it into a successful business like that takes work like and also like people are like oh you spent 44 billion dollars in Twitter you could have saved world hunger okay well you have a thousand dollars you bought a Prada bag you didn't say world hunger. Like, you know what I mean? Like people are just so easy to judge, but then they don't act upon their own judgments. Yeah. So it's like, for me, I, um, I, and not envy, I admire his curiosity, his quality of work and his vision. 
is he maybe going to be like a little Dr. Evil in retrospect in a couple years? I don't know. I don't have the answers. But like, I love his mind. Like, I love what he's doing for humanity. And I like believe in his mission. And I think more people need to be more people need to be like just pushing the quality of work, right? Like even app, like I'm, I'm a big Steve Jobs fan, but like, I feel like Apple's just kind of gone to shit because they're not focusing on quality. And I just believe in quality. Like I'm art, like I think science, art, technology, anything you create is an art piece, right? And I yeah. think Elon Musk is a great artist. And that's like the baseline of my admiration for him. But like, I'm sorry, Gen Z, I know you all hate him for some reason. And I don't know, I, don't, I, I can't relate. I'm literally totally agree like apple post steve where's it gone <laughs> like, where's it gone it's so shit i hate it i mean i'm still an apple customer right? because like the ethos is still there but it's just like there's so many things i look at in apple products now and i'm like i can just tell steve jobs is dead like i say that at least once a week i'm like i can just tell like <laughs> And Johnny Ive as well, but we won't get into that. I also agree with you on Elon. Like, I like Elon. I've read Elon's book. Like, I'm in it. I have like, it. I get it. I respect it. I think everyone that's talking about all the shit that's going on with Twitter, give him two years. Like, this is how Elon does things. The way that Elon builds companies is he takes crazy amounts of risks and fucks shit up to the nth degree, to the point where it looks like it's never gonna come back from it. And then all of a sudden, everyone's driving a Tesla. Makes sense. Yeah. Like, so I have every faith in Twitter, to be honest. It's just like, when did everyone become such an expert on like how yeah. to run a business and how to run this and how to do like, when did you become such an expert? Like, wow, it's so easy to judge. And like, me too. Like when people were creating brands before I created Everyday Chemist, I'd be like, mm, that's kind of shit. And now I'm doing it. And I'm like, whoa, that's kind of shit too. Like, I just don't have the money to do an amazing thing. Right? Yeah. Like, just, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes a lot of, yeah. I mean, it's just like, and it's like Twitter is just like one piece of the puzzle. Like he's doing so much more and like focus on the other, like, I don't know. I don't know. People are just get. I feel like, uh, and we'll digress, and we have we we need to end this conversation for sure. But I feel like people are becoming, we're sheep, you know, like we are like being told what to think and being told what to say and being told to have certain opinions. And this has happened from the beginning of time. Like we have a social contract that we like you know unconsciously sign when we're born in this world and we act in certain behaviors because that's how you survive and that's normal this happens in all aspects of nature however not like not even having a conversation anymore is scary this is something we need to be alarmed about right like th as intelligent people we need to read the whole thing from different news sources not just one thing and make our own decision. The truth is always somewhere in the middle, and we need to give more time. We need to give more space to different opinions, and that like, that's it. You know, like that's like my final thought. It's like we need conversation. We cannot stop the dialogue between each other, even if we disagree with each other, and even if we made some really shitty mistakes in the past. People are people. We're being judged in new lenses and in new ways and new things. We're reacting in real time. Give people time be open, realize you're just as shitty of a person as they are because we're all just unperfect human beings and just like 
do the best you can, you know, like stop judging. Like it's, and I, I, I'm really like, even in, I judge a lot too, you know what I mean? Like I'm not saying that I'm like this person who doesn't, but I've really made an intentional decision to stop judging. And like, mm -hmm. that's kind of where I'd like to continue, you know, because people, there's no better or worse. There's just different. And like, once you accept that we're just all part of a large, of one thing, and we're all just different and we all are needed to like make this one thing work, then you're, you're far less to reject the other thing because you realize it's just an extension of you, you know? So that's Yeah, it. no, I totally agree. Right, <laughs> let's bring it home. If people want to check out what you're doing, where should they go? Um, so we're everyday.chemist on, no, sorry, everydaychemist.skin on Instagram and ecstudios.lab on Instagram. And then our website is everyday-chemist.com and ecstudios.com. Uh, ec-studios.ca I don't know I don't know if you're gonna anybody's gonna type these but maybe you can just throw the links in your I'm gonna link them down below as well yeah. Yeah. thank you so much likewise and I feel like we need to like be real friends now you know a hundred percent we're literally besties